Hello, welcome back to Luxi, a podcast to reignite your wonder by exploring the science behind luxury items. I'm Dr. Lex, PhD, infectious disease expert, and a February birthday, and I'm joined by my co-host, Demos. Hi, I'm Demos. All right, I probably should introduce you as Dr. Demos because I'm Dr. Lex, right? Yeah, that's right. We're both doctors. Yeah. Also a PhD, an electrical engineer, and also a February birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is episode 10 and the episode after a brief break. And so we're changing things up a little bit in terms of format and content. Demos and I will be moving towards a more traditional co-hosting format where we both present on the science of the luxury item we're discussing. So yay for more Demos. Yay for me. <laughs> Second, we are starting the first in a series of themes that we will be discussing. That means if you like the theme, you can expect a series of episodes on that theme. If not, I guess you tune in for the next one, right? Okay. The first theme is jewelry, so we'll be exploring all the beautiful and luxurious materials used to manufacture jewelry. We sort of missed the boat for discussing the February birthstone in February, but I think since both of our birthdays are in February and we have prerogative over our podcast, we're going to turn back podcasting time and discuss Amethyst. Mm-hmm. Hot tub time machine. <laughs> podcast time machine? <laughs> podcast in the shed time machine <laughs> yes now uh i've been gifted some beautiful amethyst jewelry over the years since it's my birthstone but demos have you has anyone ever given you any amethyst no no one has ever given me a birthstone oh maybe next mm. year we'll change that <laughs> we hope you like this new format here's a microbiologist and an electrical engineer's take on amethyst okay so amethyst is a violet quartz colored crystal and quartz is a hard crystalline mineral made of silica dioxide. And we heard about silica from our episode on garnet. We did. Mm -hmm. Silica. And it, silica is the second most abundant mineral in Earth's continental crust. Oxidized silica. Yes. So there's a lot of it, which, mm -hmm. which makes sense that a lot Sand. of it. Yeah. Sand oh, maybe that's why all this. Yeah, I was going to say all the, the minerals seem to be made out of it. Mm -hmm. So amethyst occurs in uh, light lavender to deep purple colors. And the color is due to irradiation and of impurities of iron and in some cases transitional metals and the presence of other trace elements in the complex crystal lattice structure. Uh, amethyst has a hexagonal crystal structure and rates a seven on the Moore's hardness scale. And that goes all the way from talc to I think diamond is the... So is amethyst closer to diamond or closer to talc? It's closer to diamond. It's one of the harder gemstones, I think. The highest quality amethyst is found in Siberia, Sri Lanka, Brazil, and Uruguay and other areas in East Asia. Now you'll like this one, Demos. The Greeks believed that amethyst gems could prevent intoxication. So a mythistos, not drunken. A mythistos. A mythistos. One of these days I'll get this right in the first time. <laughs> yes, you will. And so wine goblets were carved from it and it was associated with the god Dionysus. It was used as a gemstone by the ancient Egyptians and medieval European soldiers wore amethyst amulets as protection in battle and they believed the stone could heal people and keep them level-headed. The meaning of amethyst in cultures, cultures has varied over time and by culture. It was at one point as expensive as rubies until the 19th century and because it was believed to be very rare, but then huge deposits of amethyst were found in Brazil, downgrading it from a precious to a semi-precious stone. Which I think is good for us. It means that, you know, if we want to get each other birthstone jewelry, it's not going to break a bank. Now, amethyst does get more expensive with size. Yes. But because it's easy to have large amethyst, it doesn't get a lot more expensive with size. Yes. It just gets proportionally more expensive with size. Which is nice because that is unlike something like a ruby, which 
are very, very rare and can be extremely yeah. pricey. And extremely hard to find large ones. Yes. Whereas it's easy to find really large amethysts. It is. I used to have a, uh, I don't know where that went, an amethyst geode that someone got me. Like mm -hmm. A big slab of it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. So yeah. pretty. If you are among those that are interested in crystal healing, which I think we might need to do a podcast on, on one point. That's ridiculous. People are entitled to their beliefs, Demos. Ah. Yeah, amethyst is supposed to have the properties of calmness, balance, and peace, and to make people less impatient. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting fact, the particular website I found this on said there was no issue with using synthetic amethyst instead of natural amethyst. And this is on a crystal healing website. Oh, wow. Which I found interesting because I wonder if that same author would ha have objections to things like synthetic drugs. You know, like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, like why yeah. is synthetic in one case good in one case, but not in another? Or, or, or genetically modified wheat. Yes. In their yeah. bread. Yeah. I, I mean, they know. didn't say, but I would be interested in that. that. No, that's for another day. True. So Demos is going to kick us off about all the fun science around amethyst. Well, amethyst on its own is pretty fun. Now, we know that amethyst is really quartz with a little iron in it, but... Hey, you uh, just took my, my, my first fact. Yeah, uh, well, I'm going to take okay. a few more facts Ow, if you don't fine. watch out. Well, okay, well then, did you know where was that first, what year? I have no idea. 1925, in the Journal of American Mineralogist, first postulated that the purple color was due to iron. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Well, here's another thing that's interesting, though. It's not just iron, but you need to have radiation. Mm -hmm. And since the Earth is quite radioactive, if you scratch down under the surface, you can um, find that some of the special colors that arrive from minerals comes from radioactivity and its interaction with those minerals. So Yeah, yeah. so... I had it that it's not enough for the iron just to be present in the crystal. It has to go under oxidation. So it's, and that's the loss of an electron. So it goes from a plus three to a f plus four charge. And that actually blocks aluminum ions that will cause smokiness in the quartz. So you notice that amethysts are not a smoky quartz. They're clear quartz. No, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And you know, radiation strips electrons from the outer valence shell of atoms. So that's another way you can get rid of this. Mm -hmm. You see the purple color because of the wavelength of emission of iron, which is around 570, which is yellow. And so you will see if it's absorbing yellow, you'll see purple. So one of the things that I read was that the um, amethyst can actually change color back to a different color in the presence of ultraviolet radiation. You are stealing all my thunder. We're going to have a short episode. Oh, man. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Why don't I do this? Why don't I go more into towards Quartz. <laughs> now, quartz being the sort of the, the base ingredient with all of these beautiful gemstones mm -hmm. on its own is a pretty amazing material. It's it's quite hard mm -hmm. and it does cleave easily. So it's brittle. But one of the benefits of having that in quartz, that easy cleaving, that easy mm -hmm. uh, mechanical structure mm -hmm. is, is that it lends itself, like we say, to this electron movement. Right. The electron movement not only creates fun colors, but in quartz can also be used to keep time for the processor on your laptop or your smartphone or your smartwatch. So are you telling me that there is quartz in my computer? There's a lot of quartz. And the so if quartz, I open it up, it's going to be shiny? No, it's not going to be shiny. <laughs> but quartz so is used that. in tiny chips mm -hmm. as a source of timekeeping. Quartz vibrates and vibrates extremely regularly without a lot of change in temperature 
turning it into a lovely time base, or if you will, a clock. So the time is based on the regular vibration of the quartz crystal. Mm -hmm. So does it vibrate every second? Is that how they know? Or do they, or do they somehow peg it to a second or a minute? Or is there a conversion factor there? I don't know the lowest frequency that quartz is used for, but in order for quartz to be used in a, um, frequency that's easily dividable by computers or really by gears, which are just mechanical computers, is to go ahead and let quartz resonate at more close to its typical resonant frequency where it's most efficient at vibrating. Mm -hmm. And that ends up being somewhere around 32,768 vibrations per second. That's a lot. Yes, but it's also a two to the n power of, I believe, 16, which means you can divide. Did you just do that math in your head? No, I didn't. I, I had to memorize it. Oh, you uh, should have told me yes. I would have been really impressed. <laughs> but what happens is, is when you divide that number, that results in a uh, in a easy to convert uh, one second period. And that means you can now take a tiny piece of quartz, mm -hmm. put it in a watch, mm -hmm. divide that by two to the n power, mm -hmm. and you can create a one second um oscillation, which is regular, predictable, and uh, maintains its speed forever. And doesn't get disrupted when you drop your watch? Nope. Or your doesn't computer? Get no, no, no. It doesn't get disrupted. And that's the other thing is if a piece of quartz is really, quartz is really tiny, it means that it would take an enormous amount of energy or force mm -hmm. to, uh, to, to modify that. That's really cool. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to look at my computer clock the same way again. Yeah, every everything and there's quartz. Now there are uh, lately we've uh, replaced quartz with something called microelectric electronic materials mm -hmm. or MEMS materials. Mm -hmm. So there are resonators now that are made with something else, but quartz is still like quite most with, um, popular. Rare earth metals, or is it? No, no, rare earth metals. So MEMS are just tiny deposited metals that have um, that have their own properties. You can build structures now mm -hmm. that uh, you can only see under a, under like the most powerful microscope that can be electronic and can create electrical signals mm -hmm. like quartz can and in that way use those as a time base or okay. as a way to even measure force that's another thing you can do with quartz and quartz is also used in the old days you you found quartz in the backlight displays of old laptops Really? You could take a long piece of quartz, put an electrical film on mm -hmm. one end of it, and as it resonates, it if you apply a, an AC signal on one side, the other side can generate not only that signal, but based on the geometry of the quartz, can amplify the voltage. Now, the current goes down because we're not generating power out of right, thin air. Right, right. But you can create a transformer and generate tens of thousands of volts on one side of a piece of quartz mm -hmm. when resonating it with a couple of volts on the other side. And that would make it light up? You could make a fluorescent tube display. Oh, and early laptops had fluorescent tubes that yeah. lit up the backside of the laptop. And those tubes were powered by quartz transformers or piezo electric. That's a big piezo word. Piezo is Greek for pressure. Pressure and electric pressure because you're Because the current is going through... The crystal? Why is it called yes. pressure? Here's what's cool. Early scientists, when they had cleaved quartz, wanted to find out if there were electrical properties. Mm -hmm. Quartz is an electrically active piece of mineral. That's So I'm just going to pause there because I think that's hard for me and I would imagine some other li listeners to visualize, right? You look at a piece of quartz and we've all found quartz on the ground mm -hmm. growing up and, um, and it just looks like a, a hunk of rock, 
right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is a hunk of rock. So what's going on in there that makes it so electrically active? Well, with all crystals, we mm -hmm. have a regular structure mm -hmm. that creates square or rhombuses or, or whatever. And these cubes assimilate into a beautiful structure that can be transparent to light. Mm -hmm. It can have a sp it can reflect specific wavelengths mm -hmm. like amethyst mm -hmm. in a specific color. And also quartz has the ability because of this regular structure to be essentially a conduit for electricity. So for electrons moving across yeah. the because it's so regular. Quartz or SiO2 is regularly used in every electronic process that is used to make chips or ICs or uh, semiconductors where you need an insulation, a tiny area of insulation between a plate of metal mm -hmm. and a plate of silicon. Silicon, quartz, metal can create the most basic and most useful circuits in all of the electronic items we use today. It's a good thing it's so prevalent. Quartz is the most important building block, not only in timekeeping, mm -hmm. but also in the construction of uh, circuits. We don't call it quartz though. We call it silicon dioxide at that point. Well, because you, you know, scientists, we need to be precise about yeah. things, don't we? But it's also manufactured. It's deposited. Oh, so synthetic. And so it's almost always synthetic. So question for you. Because of this movement of electricity through quartz and, and the you know regular structural crystals. Well, creation of electric fields. Creation of electric. Thank you. Do you think this is why people think that crystals have power? Because there isn't a, a vibration that happens. There is, you know. The vibration I, needs to be induced. And maybe you can induce it by thinking good thoughts. but Or slamming it with some sunlight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in reality, electricity and electromagnetic signals don't aren't generated that way. Mm -hmm. They're generated through processes that involve interaction of one source of energy with another. A rock sitting on the ground isn't going to do much as a source <laughs> of energy, unless it's radioactive. Mm -hmm. Quartz is not radioactive. No. So there's no pent up energy. There is stress in the manufacture of quartz and, and the, and the self-assembly of those quartz crystals creates stresses, which can allow you to do some very interesting electrical fun with it. Mm -hmm. Just like a paintbrush allows you to move paint to the canvas from a paint bucket. All right, cool. Anything else you want to say about quartz crystals? I guess quartz is probably, as an electrical engineer, I don't realize it all the time, but it's probably the most important thing that I use every but day you would have without to use, even knowing it. You'd have to use the pure, pure quartz. Like something like amethyst would give you a different result, right? Because there are additional ions in there that you're not expecting. It's not pure silica dioxide. It's so ferric silica dioxide. Yeah, true. So the iron, I think, right? and there are other things that can create other colors. Like yes. what's interesting is if you put iron in glass, the glass turns red Yeah, and, and, and they like a beautiful red, like a mm. ruby red. Yeah. So how iron interacts in quartz is different. Glass is not quartz. You can yeah. make quartz glass if yes. you modify your process properly. But but it's really just a doping material. And in that result, it doesn't really change how quartz is used. Doping does change how silicon behaves. Mm -hmm. and, I, and certainly it changes how quartz behaves. But there aren't any industrial uses for amethyst, even though that purple right. that purple hue is so beautiful. Oh well, yeah, I guess I, I would assume it's probably because it's not pure quartz. That it doesn't perform the same way that a... And then you're not going to... And it's unstable because of the sunlight It's issue. unstable. But also, I guess you wouldn't... If you're going to synthetically create a material to use in electronics, you wouldn't synthetically create amethyst this you synthetically create the pure the easiest and simplest form which would just be the silica dioxide the pure quartz. oh yeah, yeah. absolutely there's there's sense. no reason to add 
add extra ingredients if you don't need them. Do you want to hear how you can change the color of, of amethyst? Go into some detail about that because <laughs> I only saw that from a, a side story, a yeah. side search. So we were talking about how the iron ions in the crystal quartz lose an electron and that protects against that smoky smoking color caused by aluminum ions and that those resulting iron ions yield that purple. So a recent study published in 2020, a group of scientists wanted to see what happened when you heat treated the amethyst. So the study was uh, conducted by Riping Shang and Ying Gao and was published in the Journal of Scientific Reports. And they heated the amethyst under different conditions and measured not only what happens to the color, but what happens to the crystal crystal structure of the amethyst mm -hmm. and and we're talking like really hot it's not like they just yeah. st stuck it in your oven oh, no, no, no. You, yeah you gotta get to maybe do they get to the curie point did uh, it, mention? it didn't mention and okay. i don't i don't remember offhand what the curie point is okay so the curie point is very special for all crystalline structures mm -hmm. including quartz and it is at the point where you have a sudden relaxation in the shape of the crystalline structure of the crystal lattice. Yeah, I think they did. Because if you heat amethyst above 600 degrees Celsius, it uh, actually becomes milky mm -hmm. in color and a lighter, lighter purple. And they said that was due to the destruction of the crystal shape. Okay. So that must have been in the... And then the because it's a crystal and it's very regular, you actually have color centers that are embedded in the... That's what makes... So the iron is embedded within the crystal structure as a little uh, node where uh, the crystal cool. connects and so makes a color center. Re reorganizes. Yeah. And so the node reorganizes and um, yeah, so it turns really milky and really, really, really pale purple. What would be interesting to see is if you could expose it to radiation and restore it back to its original glory. So not at that point. Hmm. So when you get to milky, when you get 580 degrees Celsius and above, it's an irreversible color transition for okay. the stone. It means it won't go back to purple if you close. It won't reassemble. It's okay. original structure. Up to 420 degrees, the purple color gradually fades. Um, between 420 and 440, authors produce what's called proselyte, proselyte phase, and proselyte is a, is a green quartz. So you actually Ooh. make a different form of quartz heat. if you heat it. And then if you go above 440 degrees Celsius, it becomes citrine. And citrine is a well-known yellow quartz. Okay. Still very clear, very pretty. Um, and th but they said the optimal citrine making temperature is 560 degrees Celsius. And as I said before, above 600 you get the milky, and a and above 580 you get an irreversible color transition. Well, I will say all of these are great Easter egg colors. They really are. And they and what I thought was really cool was they found that the darker the initial purple color, the easier it was to change the color of the amethyst when it was heating. Mm. And I don't know if that's just visually perceptive perceptive easier we can see the color change or if there's something about the amount of iron in the quartz that makes it the color rearranging each way. i don't know i don't know either but i thought that was kind of fascinating and i have some fun science that's not related to the actual stone but to the mm. color amethyst mm, if you okay. want to hear it yeah sure why not so remember how we talked about amethyst being protective against intoxication by the ancient greeks Yes. Right. So there is something called the Amethyst Initiative, which is trying to get chancellors and presidents of universities around the country to call unelected officials to lower the 21 and up drinking age here in the U.S. With the argument that it doesn't prevent college kids from getting alcohol, which my yeah, experience was true. True, yeah. And it may lead to a culture of dangerous binge drinking because, yeah. you know, as, you know we were, I don't know if you remember in college and something. I didn't do any binge drinking in college. I didn't either, actually. But I could see where, you know, something's forbidden and you kind of, you know, overdo it because you don't know how to handle it. You know. mm -hmm. 
So a team of researchers published a paper in the journal Alcohol Clinical and Experimental Research in 2012 forecasting the impact of lowering the minimal legal drinking age. And they found that lowering the age may not result in less heavy episodic drinking due to an increase in campus wetness. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that. I know. I hadn't either. And it's, campus it, wetness. It's how much alcohol is on campus. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, we, that's how we refer to things. Like a dry county is a county without any alcohol. Mm, so a wet, okay. a wet county is a county. And I think that language mm-hmm. is probably more prevalent when there were more, more dry counties. Call- so we could call this a wetness protection act. <laughs> do we have a, do we have a, we should make a sound for dad jokes on the yeah, podcast. Dad jokes. Uh, um, and since the drinking age in the U.S. is still 21, I guess the initiative didn't was probably going to have to rethink their strategy. What I thought was really, really neat was there was a pub- paper published in Applied Optics in 2020 that documented a very ra- rare amethyst moon in mm-hmm. the region just south of the Tropic of Cancer during, during a lunar eclipse on January 20th, 2019. And the Tropic of Cancer is the most northerly circle of latitude on the Earth where the sun can still be directly overhead. Oh, cool. And here in the North America, it hits in Mexico, uh, even though it does drift slightly because there is a wobble in the Earth's longitudinal alignment. Mm, so not we, caused by Amazon. No, but this, and it's a very slow wobble. So it varies about 2.4 degrees over every 41,000 years. So we're, it's not like we're going to feel it. No. <laughs> and the amethyst moon was seen in Leon, Mexico, where the color transitioned from a brownish red to an amethyst blue, which is a mixture of dark blue with some red. And if you go and look this up online, you can see the pictures. It's really, really pretty. Oh, we should put a copy of the photo on yeah. the site. Yeah, we can put it. We'll put a, a link and a copy of the photo. So are you ready for our glossary? Yeah, hit me. All right. So oxidation okay the loss of an electron by a substance an ion charged particle and proseolite green quartz okay now you can't look gosh i'm gonna give you a fun cocktail party facts quiz okay hit me you ready what was amethyst associated with in ancient greek uh the inability to get drunk yeah how does amethyst get its purple color by um having iron in the crystal lattice which is then exposed to radiation yes and how can you make citrine from amethyst? Heat it up above a certain temperature. Yes. No, 440 Celsius. Okay. That's okay. Well, well, I mean, you, you got the basic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So next time you're all at your cocktail parties, I hope that you will pull out one of these great amethyst fun facts, especially if you see someone wearing amethyst jewelry. Mm. Joke about how they're trying not to get drunk that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't have anything smart to say. It's like, Avoid those people at the cocktail party. They're going <laughs> to nerd you out. Well, I mean, I, I guess it depends on what kind of cocktail parties we go to. I right. mean, our right. friends are pretty nerdy. They usually enjoy these fun You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try it out one day. I'm going to try it out. We're going to a party can... tonight. Yeah, I'm going to tr- try it out and see what happens. Okay. And I'll report back yes. on this podcast. Yes, I want to know how it goes today. Okay. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed exploring Amethyst with me and Demos. And I hope you remember a little fun fact from this episode the next time you see amethyst thanks for listening to this episode of luxi a very special thank you to my audio engineer and now co-host demos our theme music is harlequin mood by birdie we're on twitter and instagram at luxi pod and our website is luxi.podcastpage.io as always please subscribe and leave a review and a special request for this week if you like us follow us on twitter where we're posting our weekly little luxuries on mondays and these posts are dedicated to the little luxuries that get us off to a start of our weeks. Okay, excellent. Thanks, everyone. Bye.